Good morning. It's good to see you guys. If you're new with us, my name is Tim. I'm the pastor here, and I uh, love it that you guys are here this morning. Before we get into things, I want to let you know about two things uh, coming up that you can be involved in. One of those things is today. Uh, after the service, we have a church hike, and so to enjoy the amazing Phoenix weather and to really get connected. And so if you're new, if you've been coming here for a while, this is a great opportunity to hike and sweat with one another. What better way to build community with one another? So South Mountain Mormon Trail uh, so we're going to head 1230-ish, head over there, uh, go grab clothes, lunch, whatever you need to do, and uh, join us for that. Kids can do this too, so uh, we'd love for everybody to head over there after this. And then also Friday night, we have a night of prayer that, again, everybody is invited to. It's not here. It's in a home of a family in our church, so we're going to try to jam-pack as many people as we can into that home. And uh, outside of that home, who knows what we're going to have to do, uh, Thomas's for that. Uh, but we're glad to uh, host you guys for a night of prayer on Friday night, specifically to lay before the Lord an opportunity, a long-term opportunity we have in the heart of downtown Phoenix, one mile from here, for a, a facility to be a hub of gospel impact and kingdom impact in our city for years to come. Some of you know we've been talking about this since the fall, uh, praying through that, and uh, we're moving forward with that, but we want to stop and just pray and, and see God move uh, in our hearts and uh, before us. There's lots of things still to figure out with that. It's not final, and so we just want to submit ourselves and this situation, this facility to God. That's what Friday night's about, so come on Friday night. I think at the Connect desk, there is an Evite link you can just go on there and fill that out. Child care is provided, so bring the kids. Uh, but we need to know that you are coming, and you need to know the address. And so go back to the Connect desk and find that out uh, before we leave today. Today uh, was going to be Colossians Part 6, but we're calling an audible on that. And I'll get to why in a few moments. We're going to talk a little bit about where we're going as a church. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to talk about where we've been. And I was going to try to do that with this podium in front of me, but that's not going to work. Um, just can't do it. I want to be with the people. Um, you'll see why I was trying to use the podium. Uh, my notes came together Friday afternoon, and you'll see why in a moment. That's why we're calling it audible. Um, we, uh, we're going to be in Colossians part 6. If you've been with us going through this book, Stacey just read this passage, this beautiful passage. We are going to draw some from that. But uh, the Bible often talks about remembering. Uh, if you've seen Paul's writings, Paul, the author of the letter to the Colossians, he talks about remembering his chains. He talks about remembering people in his prayers. If you look at the story of the Israelites, you see often, lest you forget that phrase, lest you forget. And, and what God does is all, over and over and over, he puts symbols and representatives and stories of remembrance in our lives. So the stories of the Israelites of how God freed them from slavery in the land of Egypt, how God brought them out of there and delivered for them at every turn. Don't forget that. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that. You see it all throughout the Bible. And so the reason I believe that's the case is we easily forget things, don't we? I know for my family, we easily forget things. And so what we have is, and, and a help to uh, remember things, is we have a memory uh, box, Sounds fancy, but it's really just a coffee can that we decorated. Um, but so you can have a memory box. 1999, right? No, you can just make it yourself, right? That's what we did. So we have a memory box to help with the, all the chaos of life to stop and just put something that happens in that memory box so that we remember that. Uh, as a church, we need to have a, a memory box. We need to remember what happens because uh, we often forget collectively as a church what God has done. We're a three-and-a-half-year-old church. And God's done amazing things, and we often forget. So my job as your pastor is to help you remember. 
is to, to hit pause at times in our church and, and say, let's remember what God has done because we often forget. And so we're going to do that for a few moments briefly. Um, June this year is four years. It marks four years ago that my family and I moved to Phoenix. Uh, four years ago in June, we moved to Phoenix, two kids at the time, now we have three, and we came to lead a brand new church that was part of a bigger network of churches, great opportunity, brand new, had a building, had a budget, had a staff. Uh, and some of you know this story, if you've been around for any length of time, in three months of us arriving here, that was all taken away. Um, literally, I can vividly remember it, I'll never forget it, uh, we had a vision night planned for the fall of this new church and it was at another church building in the community. And three, four hours before that, I got a call from headquarters, the, the main church, to just say, hey, we're having a lot of difficulties, our sending church, and we're going to have to shut you guys down because we were the newest church that they had and cut you from the budget and lay you off. And uh, my first thought, to be honest with you, was I got this vision night in three hours. Really? What am I going to do? Uh, Phoenix is urban sprawl. People already planning to come that way. We can't cancel it. And so what I did was I went to the basement of this church building in Arcadia in Phoenix, and I went to the basement, and I scrapped my beautiful, wonderful, magnificent vision. And I just put a sermon together on 1 Corinthians 15 and the gospel. But I vividly, I remember that. I remember sitting in that basement and thinking, what is the most important thing? Well, what does Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 15 say is of first importance? The gospel, Jesus Christ, buried, risen from the dead. And I thought, what better vision than that? And, I, and in that moment, I had no idea what the future was going to look like. Uh, but I knew if we started with Jesus, that we would be okay, that the future would be okay, and, and, and God could have a future for us. I remember that moment vividly as God calls us to remember. I also remember the next Sunday uh, getting up in front of that baby church as a brand new pastor, not really knowing anybody, they didn't know me, and getting up, singing songs just like we were, and knowing I was going to get up and say, hey, this is really confusing for a lot of you, but we have to close this church. Um, we have four weeks to close this church. And I remember saying, this is a sad day, but we don't think it has to be the last day. And I remember leaving that place. I remember later in the week, after a lot of prayer and conversation, I remember um, not one of my best moments. I was laying on the floor in a fetal position, and I was whining. And I was asking, God, why did you bring us here? Why did you bring us here to tap us out in three months? Why, why would you do that? What are you doing? And just imagine I was in the fetal position. <laughs> And my wife, in that moment, asked a simple question. She said, Tim, and if you've been around for a while, you've heard this. Tim, if finances and stability weren't a factor, what would you do? Interesting question, right? Finances and stability weren't a factor. Just what, what would you do? What do you feel God's calling you to do? And I said, I feel like we should plant a church. And her response, again, simple, was let's do that. And in that moment, there was a pivot there was a turn because a lot of logic said in that moment, we had been here three months. I didn't know anybody. They didn't know me. We didn't have a budget. We didn't have a building. Logic would have said, go back to where we're from, get a job at a church, call it a day, tough situation. And we just said in that moment, we don't feel like that's what God called us here for. 
that we feel like God called us here to redeem this really difficult situation, one of the most difficult situations in my life, um, and see a pioneered work, a new work, rise up in Phoenix from the ashes and to plant a new church against all odds. And so we began to, to start a plan and a prayer to do that. And one of the things we did was uh, call that group of people and just say, hey, you don't really know us. I don't know you. We don't have a building. We don't have money. Really enticing, right? You're just getting encouraged by me saying that. But, hey, you want to come see what it would be like to start a brand new church. And some crazy, ragged, rugged people said, yeah, sign me up for that. And so we began to start what is now Phoenix Bible Church. Uh, that's three and a half years ago uh, that God did that. So I, and I, I remember that. I want you to remember that. Even if you weren't here, this is the first time you're hearing about that. That's how we started the church. Uh, and we want to remember that. I remember when we were looking for a morning space to plant roots in Phoenix and calling this school after calling every theater, school, warehouse you can possibly imagine. And I remember calling this school and saying, hey, we need a place to meet. Uh, we're a church. We don't have a building. We can meet here. And they said, great, we just renovated our stage, and we've just uh, told other churches in the past we, we uh, would not rent this auditorium, but we just met as a board and decided to reevaluate that decision. We could use some funds. And so it's great timing. You guys need a space. We want to rent the space to you. When can you start? And so January 2015, we started meeting in this space. And this is just a space. It's not perfect by any means. There's been lots, lots of obstacles, but God has used this space God has used this place to change the lives of people for eternity. I think about just recently, Easter, we had a baptism tank full of water, and people were going down in the water to celebrate the death of Jesus in their life, coming out of the water to celebrate new life in Jesus. And we've seen that happen time and time again, not to mention the community, the repentance, forgiveness, the being knit together in love, which this passage talks about. We've seen that show up in and through this place over and over and over over the last three and a half years. But the reality is this is just a place. Um, God can use this place. He can use another place. And along the way, God opened up the door for another place. This place at 1 North 1st Street that we're going to pray about on Friday. Uh, it is exactly one mile from this place, which is amazing. Uh, it's owned by Christian people that I built a relationship with over the last three or so years, which is amazing. They actually came to us and said, hey, we have this vision to influence the city and particularly the heart of downtown. We have this building, and you know what we need is a church. And they came to me with that, and honestly, first I said no. Uh, it's a unique building. There's some unique obstacles with it, just like every building. And I was just like, I, I don't think that's in the cards for us. But over and over and over, God began to raise this back up to the surface, and so we began to listen. And we started talking about that in the fall. We prayed our third year anniversary. We started talking about it more with our leaders, even design meetings and their architect. They're going to pay for the build-out for a space for us to meet in as a church, to have a long-term ministry hub in the center of Phoenix. Uh, just a huge opportunity. Uh, we would have to contribute some on the front end, but they're going to make the rent uh, feasible for us. And just every turn, it was just like, God, what are you doing? This is an amazing opportunity. No way we could have sought this out. Only you provided this. And so this space is amazing. That's an amazing space as well for a long-term future. And, and it's just this is what we're working towards. This is what God is doing. At least we thought. Uh, Friday, 
Late Friday, I got an out-of-nowhere notice from this school, from the principal at this school, that we would no longer be able to rent space here. Uh, Phoenix Elementary, if you don't know, owns this school property. So Phoenix Elementary School District owns ASU Prep, the building. And uh, principal called, emailed, same time. You know that's never a good sign, right? Something's going on. For late Friday, we meet here on Sunday. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, we need to review our contract. I'm like, okay, what's that mean? And she says... Well, uh, by that I mean you guys can't meet here anymore. I'm like, well, that's a neat review. Um, so Monday, can we meet? And I was like, well, what are we meeting about? She's like, well, to tell you that. I'm like, well, you can just, you just tell me that. Um, what's, our, what's our timeline here? She's like, Sunday, May 27th would be your last Sunday at ASU Prep. Um, that Phoenix Elementary wants priority over this auditorium. Look around. It's a nice auditorium. And they want priority over that, and so they will not allow us to rent it out to anyone, uh, especially you guys, because you use this space every Sunday. And so I, I got that phone call late on a Friday, and honestly had multiple thoughts. The first being, happy Friday, <laughs> right? Uh, preparing uh, the last minute uh, uh, details on the sermon. A lot goes into a Sunday every Sunday, and thinking, okay, well, that's, that's good to know. Uh, next thought was frustrated. Uh, next thought was anxious. What does this mean? Where are we going to meet? The beginning of June. Uh, we have this long-term space in the works, which is great, but that's a build-out. That doesn't help us at the beginning of June. Um, then, as a leader, I quickly moved from fear to fixing. Um, this has been our story. This is what we do. You just heard our story. This is how we roll. At some point, I don't want it to be how we roll, but this is what God has chosen to do through us, right? And so I started scrambling for solutions, problem solving. Okay, we're going to figure this out. We're going to overcome this obstacle just like every other obstacle. May 27th, just so you know, just six weeks away, I think. That's a short, short timeline for a church to pick up and move and let everybody know that that's happening. Everybody who's here, everybody who might come here in the future, it's not ideal. And so I'm problem solving and scrambling. And in that moment, I just started to pray. And I felt like God said firmly, confidently stop. Just hit pause on that. On the scrambling, on the problem solving, you need to hit pause, we need to hit pause, and instead of scrambling and problem solving, we need to surrender. Surrender this situation, but also surrender our lives in prayer to God. And so in that moment, I scrapped the sermon and started putting together some ideas for a service where we could pray and I could share this news with all of you. And in those next moments, talking to leaders in our church, praying more, again, just further down that road of saying, this is not just an obstacle, this is an opportunity. This is not a time to scramble or problem solve, this is a time to surrender. I thought of the pattern in the book of Nehemiah. No coincidence, we went through the book of Nehemiah at this time last year. And if you've ever read the book of Nehemiah, if you were here last year, the pattern is this. Pray plan, build. Pray, plan, build. And God works powerfully in that rhythm. And I just thought that needs to be our rhythm. And so I, I don't need to move to suggestions and problem solving and scrambling. You don't need to move to problem solving, suggestions, and scrambling. Just so you know, I know you're going to have some ideas. I don't want to hear them. Not this week. This week we're going to pray. Today we're going to start a week of prayer for our church. I'll explain what that's going to look like in a moment. Uh, but we need to pray. I thought of Nehemiah. I thought of this passage in Colossians. 
Four times, Paul says, suffering, struggle, toil, suffering. Four times. And it's all around this idea of maturity in Christ, that the struggle, the suffering, that it leads to something, that it leads to maturity, success in the Christian life. And I think as I read that, I just thought that's so contradictory and contrasting to our culture that many of us, we think that comfort and convenience will get us to success, don't we? And when we experience suffering and struggle and toil, we think, ah, that's limiting my progress and success. But the reality is the Bible says differently. In this passage and all kinds of passages, that that your pain leads to progress, that God uses struggle to see you succeed. That's God's plan. And so listen, this isn't an obstacle. This is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see God not just work through us, but God work in us. It's an opportunity for that. And so here's what we're going to do today and this week. We're going to invite God to do something miraculous, not only through us, but in us. First in us, before through us. We're going to pray for wisdom and creativity for next steps. But we're going to also pray that in the middle of this, we get two really important things, and that's this. We get God and we get each other. Because here's what I know. In times like these, honestly, before this time of this specific uh, circumstance of this place and Sunday, May 27th being our last Sunday, not just this time, but before when we're thinking a long-term solution for space, those are moments in the lives of churches where Satan tries to get under your skin, where his servants, his works, his effects begin to work in a church, in my life, and say, hey, are you sure about this? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about this person? And God begins to to bring in to strengthen us because the enemy begins to try to divide us. And I don't believe that's happened in our church yet, but I believe it could. I believe Satan could use this opportunity in your life and in my life to just get under your skin a little bit, to, to bring discord and division and disunity between you and God and between you and others. And so before we pray for creativity and next steps, because we'll need that, we're going to pray for that we get God and we get each other. We're going to pray that, as our passage says, that we get God, that it talks about the riches and the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you. Paul talks about that all the time, the riches and the glory of the mystery. There's this mystery that's now been revealed, and the mystery is Christ in you. The mystery is you get God, and I don't want to miss that. I don't want to look for what God's going to provide for us in terms of space and miss God himself. And so first we're going to pray that we get God. Next we're going to pray that we get each other. Again, as the passage says, that we would be knit together in love. And so we're going to take some time to pray. If you're new with us, welcome. Glad you're here. Um, This is a little bit of a family meeting, but I hope for you even. You don't have to pray with other people. I hope for you, you take this time and say, and God is intersecting me with this story. I get to see a behind-the-scenes look of a church who's relying upon the promises of God and persevering through that. So welcome. Uh, glad you're here for that as well. So I'm going to invite the band back up. You guys can come up. Uh, we're going to go into our first section of prayer, which is that we would get God, that Christ in us. And so I would just encourage you, turn to some people around you, and just spend a few moments praying. The band is going to play over us. And we're going to take a few minutes to seek the face of God. I'll come back up. I'll lead us to the next section of prayer, and then we'll come back up and close it out. So.
Let's pray together. Let me pray as we get started in our prayer. Father in heaven, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for uh, the memories, the remembering of what you've already done. I thank you for what you're going to do. And I thank you that uh, we get to start and embark on that process right now, that, that prayer is not just preparation for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work, and that work is now. That work is in this room. And so we need a place to meet the beginning of June, um, but we need you more than that. We need you way more than that. And so uh, help us to pray along those lines. Help us to quietly pray at our seat, but help us to loudly pray as well if we feel led to do that. And let's take a few moments to do that now in Jesus' name.
All right, as we continue to pray, we're going to pray that uh, we would get each other, that God would bring unity. Specifically, I would ask you to pray. I don't know uh, what you think about spiritual warfare, but it's real. We see it all throughout the Bible. And so I want you to pray that we get each other. Um, and I want you to pray against the works of the enemy that, that would bring disunity and discord. And so uh, Colossians, again, talks about us being knit together in love. Uh, you should visualize us locking arms. You should visualize a knot that we are tied together. And the thing that ties us together is the love of Jesus Christ. And so would you pray for that now? that didn't get voiced, uh, the ones that were quietly prayed at their seat, God, I pray that you would hear our prayer and that you would move in a mighty way. You would give us direction. You would give us creativity. You would give us clarity, and all those things would come. But first and foremost, we would get you, and we would get each other. And if we get that, uh, the success of this church will be incredible. 
not just for now, but for years to come. And so, God, I, I thank you for the prayers of these men and women. I pray that they would continue uh, for your glory and our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to use this time uh, to launch into a week of prayer. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Jay, would you grab my phone real quick? It's right there on the armrest. Would you guys grab your phones, pull them out? I know you got one. Pull out your phone. Pull out your, if you have an old school calendar, no, no shame, pull that out too. Um, I want you to set your alarm. Do it with me. I want you to set your alarm for 12 noon every day this week. 12 noon every day this week, most likely the start of your lunch hour. And I want you to set it for Monday through Friday, 12 noon, and I want you to, when that alarm goes off and you're reminded, why is my alarm going off? That you would pray for our church. Every day this week that all the people in this room uh, we'll launch this out through social media and our email as well, that everybody that has anything to do with Phoenix Bible Church, new, old, stopping 12 noon every day to pray for our church. And so I would ask you to do that, to commit to do that, to stop whatever you're doing and take a minute to pray. That's going to culminate in the night of prayer on Friday. If you didn't think you were going to go to that on Friday, you need to change your plans and come to that. We, we believe that prayer is used by God to work miracles in us and through us. And so I would invite you, if you consider Phoenix Bible Church your home, if you don't but think you might, you would come on Friday night to a home that you've probably never been to and pray. And we would lift this up before the Lord. Uh, these are special moments. These are special moments. Trust me, maybe you are newer to this, but in the journey of our church, here's what I've learned is that these are special moments where we get to see God work and we get to see God work in us. Moments that, if I'm honest with you, I don't know that would happen if it weren't for the difficulty. I don't know if Phoenix Bible Church would be here right now without the pain, but that's how God chose to bring this church about. All the the baptisms, all the people who have put their trust in Jesus, all the lives changed by Jesus, all the marriages that some have even formed since we started this church has happened through obstacles. This is how God rolls. Don't miss that. This is our story. This is the story God is writing in and through us. We get the opportunity to see God move in a special way. It's a special moment that wouldn't have happened if I didn't get that call on Friday. I believe, I'm confident that God will give us himself, that he will give us one another, and that he will create a next step for us at the beginning of June for a facility. I'm confident in that. And I believe in the middle of that, he's going to work wonders. Um, I, I'm a big sports fan, as many of you uh, who know me know. And I thought about this week uh, two people that maybe you will know whether you like sports or not, and that's Babe Ruth and Joe Namath. Babe Ruth, all-time great baseball player. If you know some of his story, he's known for in the World Series, game is on the line, and he calls his shot. Right? He points his bat out into the outfield, cracks the home run, they win the game. It's amazing. And everybody's drawn to that. We still know about that story today. Another guy named Joe Namath, New York Jets quarterback. Week leading up to the Super Bowl, he guarantees a victory in the Super Bowl. And they win, and it happens. And listen, we love stories like that, don't we? Part of us are just like, that could be me. 
Like, when am I going to do that? And when am I going to call my shot and it's going to come through? And you need to know that's not what today is. Today is more powerful than that. Today is not me as your pastor pointing the bat in the outfield and saying, hey, guys, we're about to crack a home run. Get ready for the ride. Believe it. The best is yet to come. That's not today. Today is more powerful than that. Today is the day of God calling the shots and us submitting before him that we are the bat that we are the voice that we are the hands and feet of Jesus that he's calling the shots we're going to submit ourselves to him and we get to enjoy the ride amen that's powerful that's more powerful than a guarantee I could proclaim today and get you excited about and get you rallied behind more powerful is God's calling the shots we're going to submit to him and he's going to do amazing amazing things that's what is going to help you remember I hope you remember this day just like we remember the days of this church starting just like you remember the days of God changing your life this day you're going to remember five years from now a year from now ten years from now you're going to remember that God was doing a special work through us for sure but in us first And you're going to remember this day, you're going to remember this week. I'm confident of that. And we're going to be sharing stories three years from now, five years from now about this day. And so I implore you to to not miss this moment, to not scramble, to not try to fix it, but just to surrender. We'll talk about all those things. We're going to take action. But this week, we're going to pray. And I would invite you to do that with me. We're going to remember um, Jesus, uh, Hebrews 13 says that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Uh, That facilities change, that buildings change, that budgets change, that people change, but Jesus does not. We're going to remember Jesus by receiving an offering that he gave everything to us, so we're going to give back a portion to him. Uh, We're going to remember by taking communion. There won't be anybody to serve you, but there's two stations right down here at the front. You'll take the bread, dip it in the juice or the wine and remember the death of Jesus on your behalf, that Jesus has not changed. And we're going to remember that as we take communion. And then we're going to remember that as we sing and celebrate all that God has done, but all that God will do. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your provision. God, I thank you for your providence, but also thank you for our perseverance. That some of these men and women, as I recall, dates in a basement of closing down a church, as I recall, a Sunday of seeing a new work rise up, that some of these men and women were there, and they're still here by your grace. And God, I pray that those men and women would remember those moments and remember the faithfulness of the past, but also look forward to your faithfulness in the future. How exciting is it to see God how are you going to move this time? The first time you started a church, the first time you allowed a group of men and women who didn't even know each other to come together and be knit together in love, and not just us in this room, but the people who weren't in this room at that time. God, you, you caused us to give money away, three separate Sundays to give all the money away and give offerings away to places like Uganda and orphanages, a church that doesn't even have a home. Is helping others find homes. That's ridiculous. So God, you did that in the beginning. What are you going to do now? I just, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to be a part of it. 
I can't wait for these men and women to be a part of it. And again, the ones that weren't here for that story, they get to be a part of this story. And they can share three years from now, five years from now. I remember when I showed up to Phoenix Bible Church and we were talking about some crazy things. And I thought, what did I show up at? Uh, But God began to move. And for whatever reason, we chose to join the efforts and see God move in a powerful, powerful way for gospel presence, for kingdom impact in the heart of our city. God, help us to see that and respond to that this morning. It's in the beautiful name, the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.